0: Welcome everyone to a new episode of FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and sometimes discussion. I'm your host, Aaron White, and excited to have with me for this episode, our guy, Patrick, joining me here on the new release show, Once and for All. No, not Once and for All. I'm
1: (laughs) trying to suck him in. It's a rare occasion. I just, (laughs) he's like, you need this screener, watch it with me, and let's talk about it. And I said, sure, why not? That's cool. So I'm glad to be on.
0: I'm glad to have you. This is cool. It's fun to have you do a little crossover here, something that hasn't been your bag for a while now uh, due to schedules and stuff, but this should be good. Here on FF Plus, our format is very straightforward. We talk about what we liked, then we talk about what we didn't like, and then we give a recommendation as to whether we think a film is worth your time and money. It's simple, it's short, and it's spoiler-free. In this episode, we only have one new release to cover, and that is primarily because this film's embargo is lifting the day it comes out in a movie theater on a Friday morning. And so I can't throw it in with an episode earlier in the week like I normally would do because of that. So it has to be its own little special thing. And this is called GameStop Rise of the Players coming from Neon as a distributor. It is directed by Jonah Tulis, and it is produced by Blake J. Harris, his partner and Dan and Josh Braun of Submarine Entertainment. If you remember, Jonah and Blake were on our show, interviewed a couple of years ago for their film Console Wars, which was an adaptation of Blake J. Harris's book of the same name. So these guys definitely have a history in the gaming-related storytelling space. So what's this one about? From the makers of Console Wars comes the origin story of GameStop's Stock Market Phenomenon featuring exclusive access to the original players who lit the fuse on an historic amateur investor uprising spotlighting the human side of a sensational business drama GameStop Rise of the Players is a David versus Goliath tale about ordinary people waking up to the power they have in numbers All right Patrick since you are our guest for this episode <laughs> I'm going to let you go first so what did you like about this and and throw in there kind of what your expectation was going into this cuz this is not just a normal movie that you know about and look forward to. This mm-hmm. was kind of something that I didn't know they were even making until I got an email about it last week and from a you know a publisher saying, hey, do you want to cover this? And it was like, yeah. Blake and Jonah. Sure.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I'm like you. I didn't know much about the production of this movie. I did know a little bit about the events that the documentary covers and in a world where 2020 just felt like the year that we wanted to go away there was so much crazy that was happening with covid and all the the stuff and then this thing kind of pops on social media about everybody's buying gamestop and we're gonna stick it to the hedge fund people and i'm like i have no idea what's going on here am i living in a world of like stock Am I living a real life um drama where I don't understand half of the financial stuff that's being thrown at me and I'm trying to understand it. And should I get in on this? And what's this Dogecoin stuff? And I mean, I really, I felt so out of my element. And I was like, does this mean the world's coming to an end? Is this one of those apocalyptic like predictions that people are saying? And then it went away, or at least it went away from social media. And the next time I heard about it was when you mentioned this movie coming out. And I said, wow, that's kind of a quick turnaround for a documentary about an event that took place less than a year ago. And I I was really in from the beginning because obviously we loved console wars. The documentary itself feels like console wars 2.0 in terms of its style. There's some similar stuff going on there. It's very fast, very fast paced documentary as it should be because the events that took place over those days and weeks and months were very fast paced. And so it feels very much like the big short kind of amped up on caffeine where you have maybe a youthful more version a youthful version of this and of course everything i was thinking about was when's this going to become the next big short when's it going to be put in the hands of adam mckay with a fantastic screenplay and when are we going to get these guys coming in these big stars playing these parts and that was definitely going through my head but overall the story itself what i found most enjoyable was, was that there was more to the story than i even knew about and you hear about this big surge of stocks in gamestop going up and then going down and then going back up again but there was so much behind the scenes stuff happening on reddit and in these different kinds of channels and youtube places it, it was just like wow there is a community of people that i heard very little about that were apparently the quote players of this whole event so in terms of being informative i thought it was pretty fantastic i i definitely know more about it now than i did before i watched the doc which i guess is a should be a good byproduct of any documentary is you know more about the subject matter after watching it than you do before and more than anything else i think like console wars it felt very entertaining like it was fun to watch i love the technical ways in which they introduce some of the characters digitizing them very much in the vein of console wars and it 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 really did keep me into the story even when they were explaining more of the technical side of what a short squeeze was and a reminiscent of getting somebody like Marco Robbie explaining to me how a short works and so it was definitely more understandable i think because of the fact that it didn't involve a whole lot of people that it was kind of this mini event that took place that i only heard about but then got to experience more on a grand scale with this documentary so overall i think it's a fantastic uh movie for anybody who's either interested or not interested it's one of those that you know come to the table with no knowledge and you'll get a basic understanding that'll leave you feeling like you understand something and you feel guilty because you didn't invest (laughs) in gamestop (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that's a no brainer. Yeah, no, that is absolutely fact. I was watching the whole time, literally was Googling GME stock while I was watching it going, hmm, where's GameStop at right now? Is this a still a decent investment or not? And actually, it has stayed up. It's, you know, over 100. And I looked at the right now, it's over 100 today, I think. And then I looked at the you know six month time frame, and it has been up and down quite a bit. But I mean, it was, you know, four or five bucks or whatever it was before all of this started and it's maintained a hundred dollar plus position which is incredible and that's kind of the ending point of this story is that they really did change something with this it wasn't you know what we saw in the news was that it was a flash in the pan and it was like in and over because everybody was worried about or curious about what they could do to get a piece of it right and then once the opportunity to get a piece of this specific short squeeze event was gone Nobody really cared anymore about paying attention to it, but it did make absolute millionaires out of people. And I think that for me, man, is the coolest thing that they did in this is they got these folks that were part of this and it's not famous people. It's a husband and a wife who live out of a van and travel around the country, but they love investing. It's them and Syrian dude and you know these other people that are just investors but they're from all different walks of life and you have different stories of these people you have a girl who ends up having a medical condition that she has to deal with and so there's a very invested pun intended interest for her into when to get out and how much money she can make off this because she doesn't have insurance at the time simultaneously you have a guy who is in it just for fun. He just started investing, he just joined the Reddit community and he was like, this is cool, I'm learning some stuff and I'm just chilling, making some money, you know? And so there's like this vast array of different folks and that kept me really engaged and interested because you could tell it was like everyday people and I loved that. And the way in which it depicts them, it doesn't use the animation too much. That was another big plus for me. Yes, it's sprinkled in there throughout, but I thought that it's not necessary in the slightest, right? The animation is not. But it mixes things up visually, and it helps make this very dry material, like you were mentioning the Margot Robbie scene. It makes it able to stay engaged with, and it brings it down to this level. I actually thought that this was more informative to me, and I understood what a short squeeze was more from this than I did the big short. Even the big short was like on this kind of, it, it did try to bring it down, but it was such, so dramatically exaggerated to be entertainment from a film perspective. This was like a clip of a dude on YouTube who was relating it to my everyday life and I could understand it. And I thought that that was fantastic. I love that they also were able to get this guy from a company called Citron Research, who was fighting them and actively trying to short it out right he was like the one losing the money and that helped me a lot too in the story was getting to see this other perspective of someone that was being taken and he very clearly had the faith that he was in the right position and ended up being wrong and comes out at the end of the dock and he's like i got i got had i was wrong like i made a bad call and so you see how it affected him and how it affected their, what they did after this, right? Like their long-term choice in how they were going to publish information to the, you know, web web for everybody to have. And ultimately it is just this really interesting story about these people that come together in this wackadoodle Reddit community with this crazy YouTuber at the center of it called roaring kitty. I mean, it is a wild story. And I kept thinking, there's no way this can just keep going. This is like, A little over an hour and a half long this is like a small event you are really gonna have to drag this out but it kept getting more interesting and crazy and i was just locked into it and i can tell you i watch a lot of movies well that's not a surprise but because i watch a lot of movies sometimes three four a day on a regular basis i can find it hard to stay as engaged as maybe somebody who just watches one or two a week right because like it's an event for you if you watch one or two movies a week you sit down you put that movie on it's easier to just check out of your life for two hours for me it's a constant there's always a movie on so when a movie really does get my attention and if I you know I'm reaching for my phone and I naturally find myself not doing that because I'm locked in and don't want to miss it then I know the movie has my attention and this did that for me it was surprising to say the least I, I was not at all expecting it and it doesn't try to tell you investing is right it doesn't in this way it doesn't try to tell you investing is wrong there are some great quotes in there one of my favorites is a guy who is part of the short squeeze group or whatever and he says you know we had the vision to see what was coming going to happen before it happened and that's the difference right there is you if you see it before it happens once you once it happens You don't know there was another great quote about investing a guy had that said it's hard to buy things that everyone hates and it's hard to sell things that everyone loves but that is what you have to do to make money in the market and that is why so many people are not successful and the people that are successful are taking the money of the people that aren't successful and it's just it's a crazy game man and you know as someone who still has like rolling with his however few Several hundred dollars of Dogecoin just sitting back and chilling because it has taken a tank, you know, it's just just completely bombed. And I'm just waiting patiently because I got caught up in that whole like hysteria. This was cool. This was really, really interesting. And if anything, it might have personally turned me more off of trying to get in this game because it is just so unpredictable and nuts. Yeah, it's volatile. It's volatile. But good for those people, you know. Well, was there anything that uh, you didn't particularly like about this?
1: You know, when I watch the documentary, it it does go fast. And in some ways, I feel like the story is somewhat abbreviated because of the number of things that I found interesting. And the coda of the film leaves us really kind of with a message of the good guys won, the bad guys got screwed. And I don't know that that's necessarily the message that I took away watching the documentary and that's fine. It, it could be a number of things, but I think it's because it had so many other interesting elements to it, particularly the things that I didn't know going into it, that it could have expanded on. And I don't want like a four hour documentary about this necessarily, but it felt very much like let's throw in all this stuff and let's keep the cool factor up there. And so when you go through a documentary like this, you are I was left kind of feeling like Well, I'd like to know more about X or I'd like to know more about Y. in particular, I mentioned in the beginning that it happened last year (laughs) and in the age of instant news, I guess that makes sense. But part of what makes the romance of the stock in particular is the question, well, how is it doing four years later? and do you have more information about where these guys are and i think that's what makes a historical event documentary so interesting because anytime you're watching something about people or an event that took place 15 years ago one of the things that you're left with either in your own head or as a result of little summaries is where are they now what are they doing and yes we got a little bit of that but it was six months ago and so It doesn't feel like we're far enough removed from this event to really make me appreciate it for what it was. And I'm almost wondering, are these like little mini documentaries? Like, let's find the event of the year and let's do a doc on it. Let's find this little event and do a documentary on it. And it runs the risk of being a little bit cheap. And so if this thing comes up in conversation four years from now, is it gonna age well? Because, I'll know six months after the fact what happened to some of these people or where GameStop is. What if GameStop goes back down in the tank? What if it hits $4 again? Does it make this documentary any less interesting? I don't think it does, but I do think that it feels more dated because of how soon after the event something is chronicled. I think there could have been more care and more time taken with several of these elements that we got sort of introduced to. Didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie. I just felt like I got... Sort of a long sneak preview or trailer of something that could have been bigger. Maybe it's a TV series. Maybe it's an Adam McKay drama. Um, I definitely want to see this in a bigger scale if that's possible. But um, for me, the documentary felt a little bit truncated.
0: Interesting. I didn't have that experience for myself. And I would say I agree that there could be more that happens and therefore could be a very different ending down the road, but I I guess I see the benefit in being able to go right now while it's fresh, and you get these interviews with people, and everything is kind of top of mind, because it did just happen, instead of coming back to this five years from now, deciding to try and tell this story, and now you're going back, and you're getting broken memories of exactly what happened. Now, of course, the good thing is, we live in an age of internet and this is all coming from communities that were based in reddit and youtube etc and discord so there's a lot of historical proof of the way things kind of evolved which is awesome but yeah i i do understand that and the line at the end of calling them heroes was a bit of a uh huh like because it specifically says our heroes made over 70 million dollars and so it takes a position. Which, until then, I did not feel it was doing, and I appreciated, and I did not like that it tries at the end to kind of sway viewer kind of sighting. And I'm not saying I even took a side in this is right, this is wrong. I, like, tried to watch it completely unbiased and just from a fascinating perspective of taking on hedge funds. Now, I do like the idea of people coming together and standing up as a group and taking on corporations and there's nothing illegal about what they did and it's a cool fact that they were able to come together and do that and i personally have an investment not financially but like emotionally in gamestop so i mean, I want to see gamestop succeed and i should be getting into my dislikes here but i also had no idea about ryan cohen who is the ceo of chewy that took over gamestop like i didn't know that that all happened and that was, was fascinating to me to learn about his plans and Well, we didn't really learn about his plans, but his involvement in the company and how that kind of spurred on this whole thing happening in the first place. Anyway, for my dislikes, I really don't have much, honestly. I mean, it's not groundbreaking in its filmmaking, but it is a supremely top notch, highly entertaining documentary for me and informative. And that's what I want. That's exactly what I look for is those two things. The one thing I was curious about is why Neon is putting this out in theaters only at the beginning. And that is my big negative, and it's not really a negative or dislike, it's more of a, huh, kind of question? I don't understand this. I have no desire to see this in a theater, and I would never go to a theater to see this, and it just doesn't feel like that makes sense to me. Like, this is, put it on a streaming service. Make sure people get a chance to see it. Like, this is not gonna make you money on ticket sales. That's not the kind of movie this is. This is sell it for X amount of money and put it on Netflix. So you get it in front of everybody's eyes, in my opinion. And I feel like I wish they were going that distribution route. Maybe it'll eventually make it there. It just seems really strange to me. And I could not imagine myself even loving what I saw, choosing to go to a theater to sit down and see it. Like it was perfectly fine on my computer screen or, or my, you know, 65 inch TV or whatever I have at home. It's just doesn't need a theater experience to to me. So that was kind of my question mark. I don't really have anything I just strictly didn't like, but I was unsure of why they're going this route.
1: Yeah, I I don't see this as a theater pick at all because of the fact that it feels small. It feels very much like a grab your wife, grab your girlfriend, grab your friends and just sit down and watch it on Hulu or Netflix or wherever it's going to be ultimately distributed to. But I I think it's I think that's a miss for the distribution company, because you're right, this is not something that you're like, man, I'm just itching to get to the theater to find out about GameStop. I No, I don't think that's really, that's not a smart decision.
0: And no real marketing either. I mean, I don't know what their plan was for marketing this, but not only are you putting it out in theaters, but you're not marketing it to put it out in theaters. So it's strange choices going on here. And... I guess more than anything, I kind of feel bummed for Jonah and Blake that their movie's going to, quote, premiere, and very few people are probably going to cover it like we are, and it's not going to look like it did anything, but it's highly worthy of seeing, and, and everybody should see it, and so I want that for it. Well, that's the next question since you haven't been doing these with me, but it's, are you feeling it? So it's, would you, in this case, would you go to a theater, which we're, looks sounds like we've answered, do you think it's more of a, a couch movie, or is it a no thanks for you?
1: It's a couch movie, but only because it doesn't fit in a theater. So I would say definitely see it, but wait until it hits the, uh, the television.
0: That's perfect. And yes, that is exactly what I would echo and say again as well. This will be in theaters on January 28th, though, if you are so inclined and want to support it and go out and see it there for yourself. Well, that's it this week for FF Plus. As always, hopefully you're intrigued by something you've heard here. You can find me on Twitter at FeelinFilm and, and or on Letterboxd at Aaron L. White. There are links to all of our shows, social media accounts, and our FeelinFilm Film Facebook discussion group in the show notes. Love to have you come be a part of that as well. I will be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling film.